0: Welcome to the Commercial Real Estate Show. Thanks for joining us to lead, learn, and laugh. Learn market knowledge and best practices to lead your company's success. And laugh, I believe we have to have some fun along the way. Well, hello, I'm Michael Bull, your host to the world of commercial real estate. Today, we are featuring interviews from the IMN Special Assets Executive Conference on Real Estate Workouts. IMN is Information Management Network. They organize financial and investment conferences all over the world. We will be discussing foreclosure and loan workout issues. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here at the commercial real estate show. I'm at the IMN Workout Conference at the Marriott Marquis, and I have Phil Mays with me, who uh, is the chief legal officer with Glass Ratner. Uh, he's previously with Ever- Everbank Commercial Advisor, earning their distressed assets at Everbank. And uh, Phil, uh, thanks for joining us today. You you have been in the real estate. Uh, world a long time, the legal world, uh, workouts, distress real estate for a long time. Uh, how have you seen the process change lately involving uh, workouts?
1: Crisis occurred and there was a deluge of uh, commercial distress. The models started changing for the banks. Uh, in our situation, uh, Everbank acquired a multi-billion dollar failed bank out of Florida and wanted to create a, a drastically different um, uh, process, uh, I'd say from what might be the normal traditional bank workout process. And in in that, in that, um, direction, they hired me. I had a heavy legal background along with, uh, real estate, private equity, and some consulting. And, uh, we had put together a group of a lot of, uh, folks who had some banking background, but a lot of real estate background, uh, in the brokerage area, appraisal, legal, uh, basically folks who'd been out in the market. and understood how to make a profit on real estate, and maybe hadn't uh, been in and had been in that type of dynamic environment for some time. So I think you're seeing the, the teams change as far as their makeup—not traditional, you know, longtime bankers—and um, I'd say more real estate background. You're seeing that across the board. And as far as let's talk about the actual process of. Of how the workouts are done. I think with the volume that the banks had, they had to look at the process differently. And if you wanted to actually be able to work through uh, the deals in the most, uh, maximize your, your recovery, a lot of times that involved um, you know really opening your eyes to what the borrowers and the guarantors' capabilities in practical matters were versus maybe what they had owed. They can owe $10 million, but if they're never going to have more than, Hundred thousand, and you probably don't want to spend five hundred thousand chasing hundred thousand in legal fees. It's
0: good when banks figure that
1: out, right? But in, in general, the lawyers are happy to charge that, and so you really got to, with the amount of with the amount of product, distressed product we had, we I think a lot of the banks had to look at it quite a bit differently, or you would end up spending all your money in legal fees with very little, um, very little to show for that. So it became important to bring the borrower in as part of the solution versus the entire problem, and that I can tell you from you know, can, can help you work through a portfolio quite a bit quicker when you're not fighting them the whole time. Um, and I'm not saying that we didn't have to file complaints against most folks, because, because we did, to get them to the table. But at that point, I think a lot of the banks were taking more, or you need. it was important to take a more realistic approach to what the folks had or didn't have that were on the borrowing side.
0: And so you did uh, sell notes as well? Absolutely. And uh, what types of, of discounts and things did did you see in the most recent note sales you're involved
1: in? Well, it all because you have a you have a a few things happening here. It's important to understand you have a legal unpaid balance on a specific note, and that would include all the late fees, all the uh, penalty interest, and and so on for being. Let's assume that the loans hadn't been paying for some time. It's not accrual. Now that's obviously different from just whatever the principal is that's owed. Um, and then there's a difference between that principal balance owed and what the bank has it on their books at. So you wouldn't know as an outsider what the bank had booked it at, but it'll be some. It'll be in relation to what the most recent appraisal is, and it won't necessarily be what the most recent appraisal is, but it'll have a, a strong bearing to that and some other factors. But um, you know, the, your, It depends on the discount. Usually, is related to the book. The book value of the bank, and it's just not something an outside buyer would know. But there's a lot of things you can do to deduce into that number. Uh, I think it probably helps having been in the industry. I could probably walk you through any specific bank and what I think they would do if you gave me current appraisal. But it's it's not a simple, um, not a simple answer if you don't know the kind of the, the workings of how the bank is valuing it on their books and then what they're wanting to sell it for. Because the bank's not necessarily going to look at the un- Paid balance they're looking at a number of factors related to their book balance
0: right that makes sense and it also depends on where the property is located right in the foreclosure process in that state
1: yes I mean obviously if you're in Florida which is a judicial foreclosure state it takes a long time to foreclose um, you know it would be important to write into whatever your note sale was how much time it was going to take you to finish foreclosing and was the person going to appeal or likely to appeal or not Uh, so obviously in the discount rate that you would give to that note you uh, kind of say like Florida versus Georgia George is a non-judicial state so you can foreclose very quickly whereas Florida you would uh, potentially give it more of a discount because it takes you longer to get a hold of it.
0: Right. Um, what What would be a tip that you could provide for, for a lender that is going through the process that you went through at Everbank that, that's got a large portfolio of loans and and REO that they're working through. What are a couple of tips you can share with me?
1: Can meet, meet them just... on the lending side? And I think it's something that we, you know, that we thought was really important, or, or I did when I was leading our group, is uh, again making, taking any real velocity and, and practical um, uh, uh, solutions in your resolution. I think that you have to engage the borrower in the workout to the extent that they're not trying to be fraudulent. Most of them aren't. Uh, number two, I think it's very important because legal has a very strong role in, non, in non-paying loans. Is it, You've got to control your costs, which means that you need to have a very close relationship with hopefully a very limited number of law firms that you're using and make sure they understand that you're trying to get to a conclusion not being in an endless situation of litigation on guarantees and, and foreclosure, that you're trying to get them borrower to the table to get a resolution not be in a law- prolonged legal situation.
0: Okay. And so, for the most part, if you were to give a tip to a borrower in that situation, uh, every borrower in in any business, I think you need an attorney to represent you. But should your main person that's uh, been in contact with the bank be your lawyer, or or is there another
1: advocate, maybe
0: a better solution?
1: Right. And, And there's, I think on the borrowing side... Number one, if you want to get a workout, is to be up, up front and open about your financial situation. The most important thing. Number two is I would agree that once you bring a lawyer in, and then the lawyers aren't very, ne- are, and I'm, my background's legal, and the lawyers are very necessary in this process, but the point the lawyer's coming in, the thing to remember is that the bank's coming in with their lawyer too, and you at that point, cut off almost all personal conversation you're going to have with that workout officer. So that's where you, someone like Glass Ratner or a loan advi- an advisor, Who's not in the legal role could probably help you out a lot, um, and probably save you a lot of money too. And you and I think you should have both. You would have a, you would have a lawyer as well as an advisor. But before you get to your lawyer, you might want the advisor going in because the advisor, your advisor, and the lo- and the loan, uh, the asset manager will still have co- productive conversations. At the point that you decided to go to litigation, it's usually very, now don't say very difficult, a lot more difficult to have. Productive conversations that'll result in a solution.
0: Yeah, I think that's sound advice. And Phil, what about short sales? Uh, did you guys use short sales much? And do you have some tips for the lender side of, of short sales that might help them increase their recoveries? If that's the the, uh, the net present value that makes more sense to go that way, they've got a bar that's
1: working with them. Exactly. I mean, I think everybody wants resolution, wants velocity within their resolution, within their portfolios. If they're large non performing portfolios. And so the short sale is an important tool for that. And um, and if you can get a, and we would do no short sale without full disclosure on a financial affidavit. So at the point you can get a 20 page or so financial affidavit signed, you can figure out what the borrower and the guarantors actually have to contribute to the short sale. And you should be able to execute on it at that point.
0: And did you look at how they were marketing that short sale? I mean, did you look at it and say, "Well, this is their brother-in-law," or "They're still in the deal," or did they actually market it with a confirmed commercial firm? We would ha-
1: we would have, or uh, we would have a lot of trepidation on a uh, on marketing not being done by a third party, uh, a recognized third party in that market. And if it was a deal wherein the borrower was involved on the backside or a guarantor, you know that would need. Uh, It'd be important to disclose that up front. Um, and usually there's uh, arm's length affidavit signed that you're signing that no one is involved in the sale that was involved in the actual loan. And it doesn't mean you couldn't do it, but you need to say, I think, up front to the workout officer, look, this is what I'm thinking, and this is why I'm still involved. Does this work? Does this is work for you all? Because some banks, that's going to be a non-starter, I think, for some banks. Yeah, some yeah. Yeah. Well, good tips. Well, Phil
0: Mays, Glass Ratner, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate it. All right. Thanks, Michael.
1: Stay with us. More
0: on special assets and loan workouts from the IMN Conference. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit BullRealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Well, do you remember this advice from your parents? Neither a borrower nor a lender be. Well, there are plenty of people who wish they had taken that advice. However, borrowing and lending money can be very good business, and we can certainly learn more from the experts how to work through problem loans. Well, today we're featuring interviews from the IMN Special Assets Executive Conference on Real Estate Workouts. IMN is Information Management Network. They organize finance and investment conferences all over the world. These interviews are being conducted at the actual conference in Atlanta. We will be discussing foreclosure and loan workout issues. If you'd like more information on the subject, reach out to us at 888-612-SHOW. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here with the Commercial Real Estate Show. I'm at the IMN Conference for Bank Workouts and I'm speaking with Bob Brooks with Home Federal Bank of Hollywood. And Bob has uh, been in the banking business for a long time, uh, many years, and he's been uh, recently a bit of a a workout specialist for banks, helping them turn around. So uh, Bob, uh, welcome to the show and uh, tell us uh, what you're doing there at Home Federal Bank these days.
2: Thank you, Michael. Appreciate the opportunity. Um, I'm the CEO uh, at the bank. I've been uh, brought in to uh, remediate the bank. It's under a consent order, and uh, part of it has to do with credit, the other part with BSA.
0: Okay. So you needed more of a challenge in your career, right?
2: Yeah. You know, you'd be surprised. Absolutely. It wasn't bad enough that my wife took me whitewater rafting I guess maybe that got my juices flowing.
0: Well that's a good thing. Well we need turnaround uh, experts in the world today. Well tell us of the bad loans that that the bank had when you got there. Now you're in Hollywood Florida so you're in South Florida. Are a lot of the uh, collateral uh, located in South Florida?
2: Yes uh, all the collateral is is located in Florida. There are just a few outlying loans that probably should not have been done if one thinks about it. If you're a small bank to go out of area is just not a good idea. Uh, but the majority of the, of the loans are within a 20, 30 mile radius of the bank. So we have a lot of intimate knowledge of those properties and, and certainly the individuals behind them.
0: Okay. And of the non-single family home loans, uh, land and commercial properties and the like, uh, what are the largest assets uh, types that you're having challenges with?
2: Well, I think they uh, um, originally had put on some loans to uh, motels, two or three of those. Two have worked out nicely. We have one left that continues to pay, but could be an issue going forward. Uh, there weren't too many land loans, so that, that, that was a blessing. There's only one land loan, which is, uh, that, that one's resolvable, because the people next to them are very interested in that piece of property, so it's a matter of, of just uh, having the patience. Um, the other category would be five, five or better type of units where it's uh, eight or ten rental units. Um, some of those are having some difficulty because, again, under the new regulatory environment, financial information from small operators is a hard to come by. And the bank originally did not really have a very disciplined way of receiving that information. And that's one of my challenges, and I think in those categories, um, it would be it would be the sort of small apartment unit type uh, situations uh, where rentals are 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 not under lease.
0: Right, and I am in conference uh, the, a couple days here in Atlanta at the Marriott Marquis. There's a lot of discussions about workouts and and discounted uh, payoffs and and various ways that lenders are working through challenges. At this point in the cycle, you've learned a lot about the process. What are some tips that you would provide uh, lenders and borrowers for this point in the cycle related to commercial loan and land workouts?
2: I think if you're a bank and you are survived to this point, that my my, uh, watchword to my staff, my board has been, don't be desperate. Uh, don't show your cards. Play a good hand of poker, uh, and we just proved that out. In the last uh, uh, last week, we uh, were able to sell a property at $150,000 more than had been offered three months before, and that was just by not being desperate. What and type of property take, was that? Uh, this one was uh, was a real difficult piece of property. It's a property that. Um, that uh, has a, uh, a small office building on it. Uh, very, very lousy uh, experience with it. Uh, there and you were, had foreclosed on it? Yeah, there were some roofing issues, um, some abandonment issues, and we sold it as is where it is. The buyer wanted to come back at the last moment and uh, tell us that no, he wanted us to discount it some more, and we told him, you either take the deal or take a hike. And I think it's that sort of thing that allows you to not show your desperation. So just like getting on a horse, if you don't tell the horse, you don't show the horse you're on top of it, he's going to buck you. And I think it's the same thing in this, in this game of, you know, trying to sell the real estate at the right price.
0: That's a good point. You've got to rein them in at some point. And, you know, great marketing is another way that, to help you get in that position. And, and back to the, the, the bars you're dealing with, before foreclosure that you're working uh, doing workouts with. What is the borrower sentiment you see out there today?
2: Well, you know, what I've, what I've seen, I think this crisis is, uh, is, is one that has permeated the entire economic body. I don't think there's a person out there that has not had some bad experience with real estate. And that is very, very different from the previous crises. The borrower's attitude has changed dramatically.
0: Right. All right, that's a good point, and uh, we try to help borrowers and, and lenders out every day through this process. And uh, you know, it's an ever-changing process, and there's uh, banks and borrowers are, are learning new ways to get things done. Uh, to finish up our interview today, what would be a closing tip that you would give a, a borrower who is upside down? Uh, they don't have the cash necessarily to, to make up the difference. They've got a problem loan with a bank. Uh, what tips would you give them to to move forward through that process?
2: Well, a couple of things. I think one is be honest and transparent with your banker. A lot of people don't want to deal with the issue. They think that just by letting time pass, something will happen. The best workouts I've ever seen are ones where the borrower takes an active interest in a solution and where the borrower comes to the bank first um, and says, I'm in trouble and this is why I'm in trouble. The second thing is, I think, just as we did when we were coming up, Michael, when you and I were coming up, you know, we had to beg, borrow, and steal from friends and relatives to try to make things work. And a lot of that is a step they're not willing to take. You signed on the dotted line. You should ask questions at first. You should shop around. And you should make sure that you can meet the obligation when the time comes.
0: That's a good point. And uh, I think you, some of the things you're saying there is, look, you may need some cash. Go find that cash from, from friends and relatives, and you, you, you agreed to pay it. So the first thing to do is, is try to find some equity and some cash somewhere. And it sounds like the second thing you're saying is, is get involved, have a real plan that makes sense, because doing what you're doing hasn't been working.
2: Exactly.
0: Bob, thanks for joining us today. We appreciate Thank it.
2: Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Thank
0: you. Okay, we're going to have more from the floor of the conference. Hey, be sure to catch upcoming shows of special interest to you. Sign up for a once-a-week email announcing the show topics at commercialrealestateshow.com. And be sure to follow us on Twitter, connect with us on LinkedIn, and like us on Facebook so you don't miss a show of special interest to you. Well, after a quick break, more special asset and loan workout Intel from the IMN Conference. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by France Media. France Media provides exposure to the world of commercial real estate. Visit francemediainc.com or call 404-832-8262. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. You may be listening to the show anywhere from Orlando to San Francisco today. The show's been broadcast around the world for over two and a half years on iTunes, multiple websites, and is aired now on 12 stations across the U.S. We'd like to welcome our listeners in Albuquerque, New Mexico, on the Rock of Talk KIVA 1600. Well, today we're featuring interviews with leading workout and special asset professionals from the IMN Special Assets and Workout Conference in Atlanta. Enjoy. Hello, Michael Bull here at the Atlanta Bank and Financial Institutions Special Asset Executive Conference on Real Estate Workouts, I am in conference in Atlanta. I'm here with Wendell Burks with Regent's, a senior vice president, special assets. And and Wendell, today the conference and tomorrow is all about loan workouts and and discounted payoffs and note sales. And at Regent's, you handle note sales, right?
3: Note sales is is one of the means of asset disposition for the bank and. Uh, we manage it in a very organized process uh... for the bank across the footprint
0: okay and are you okay when you're selling notes to sell a note to the borrower?
3: yeah that's something that we will consider in uh, certain circumstances obviously we wouldn't want to do it if the borrower is adversarial sometimes they can be your best buyer however we do run a competitive process so we've got investors that are that are from across the country looking at those assets as well. So the borrower's typically going to have to step up and, and pay what the asset is worth.
0: Okay. Now you're doing bulk sales and one-off sales?
3: We typically will pool smaller balance notes. For us, that number has been shrinking over time. At, at one point, we would pool notes that were less than $2 million per note. Now that's dropped down below a half a million dollars per note. We'll package those together and and perhaps sell a pool anywhere from twenty million to fifty million uh, with a number of notes ranging from a hundred to two hundred notes all in a single sale. Uh, in terms of one-off sales, those typically are larger notes and they're going to be above half a million dollars and we we will get typically 14 to 16 individual offers on any given note uh, for one-off sales.
0: Okay. And speaking of discounts, what type of discounts are you seeing on some of these notes and and how has that changed over the last several years?
3: Beginning with uh, 2010, you saw a lot of note sales in the multifamily arena. Multifamily was the hot property type and prices really began to get pushed up significantly. In fact, many multifamily properties traded uh, at par or even 90% of the legal balance of the loan. But conversely, you had land on the other end of the spectrum and land was selling at 25 cents to 35 cents on legal balance. Over time, for the last several years, you've seen prices rise for all asset types. And even land now is, uh, is trading higher in the range. De- depending on where it's located, it, it can bring a much higher price. Uh, we usually see the small balance pools sell in the 50s to the legal balance. The one-off assets that are producing income, those will trade in a higher range. We have seen as high as 80 to 90 cents recently on, on select income properties, particularly in Florida. Florida, for whatever reason, it has really come back strong uh, for investors.
0: A lot of lenders look to a- increase their recoveries uh, by getting involved with a short sale if they've got a cooperative borrower so that the, the investor has been able to review the property and, and it's being marketed maybe in a better way than an Oreo would have been marketed. Are you guys doing many short sales? And are you doing, if you are doing them, are you doing more or less than you have in the past?
3: We will do a discounted payoff when it's going to produce a better return for the bank and a higher recovery. Uh, We're we're cautious about when we do it. It needs to make sense, and typically there needs to be a very quick resolution. It's all about speed, and if we can resolve the problem uh, quickly through a discounted payoff, we will certainly consider that.
0: Okay. Can you leave us with a tip for a borrower? Let's say a borrower is upside down on a property, Uh, they don't have the money to, to pay it off, they're dealing with their bank. What advice and tips could you give a borrower in that situation?
3: The best thing the borrower can do is go find a private equity partner that can help them stabilize the property or give them the capital that they need to go negotiate with the bank in order to get back control of their asset. So my primary advice would be take advantage of this private equity market. There is so much equity out there. Uh, If you can find a good partner, you're going to be able to resolve that situation in in a much better way.
0: Okay, that's a great tip. Wendell Burks with Regents, thanks for joining us today. All right, thank you very much. Thank you. Stay with us. More on special assets and loan workouts from the IMN Conference. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. Does your company provide professional services to the commercial real estate industry? The Commercial Real Estate Show is an excellent way to reach your target audience. For advertising options, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com or call 888-612-SHOW. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. If you'd like to know the absolute latest on any commercial real estate related topics, check out our on-demand show podcast. You can access shows anytime on your smartphone or computer. Just visit iTunes or the show website, commercialrealestateshow.com. Look for the tab Shows On Demand. They work real well in your car when you're traveling. Well, today we're featuring interviews with leading workout and special asset professionals from the IMN Special Assets and Workout Conference. Enjoy. Well, hello, Michael Bull again at the IMN conference in Atlanta on bank workouts and distressed real estate. And I'm here with Alan Tantliff, a senior managing director with FTI Consulting, which is the biggest company no one has heard of, right, Alan? <laughs> tell, you, also, tell us a little bit about your firm and what you guys do. Yeah,
4: there's certainly some truth to that. Um, we have about 3,800 people around the world, 3,000 professionals, offices in most major financial centers uh, throughout the world probably best known because of the, where, where the economies globally have been over the past several years for our restructuring practice. Uh, it's probably not a big bankruptcy that FTI hasn't had some role as a financial advisor, whether it's, you know, Hostess, any of the major airlines, Lehman Brothers where represented the Unsecured Creditors Committee. Uh, and then, of course, in the real estate space, we've worked on lots of uh, bankruptcies, workouts, restructurings, and I run our lodging and gaming practice
0: okay and let 's talk about uh, logic and gaming right now. What are you seeing in in the hotel sector related to distress? Are, are we through the, the worst problems? Where are we?
4: Well, I remember my counting days. One of the concepts was FIfo first in first out, and hotels are very much first in first out. We are the most susceptible to to downturns in the industry general economic downturns nightly leases we do we have nightly leases uh, so we're resetting pricing virtually every day and the demand shocks that were unprecedented that occurred in 2007 2008 really hurt the hotel industry first and very and brutally Uh, occupancies dropped you know in a number of months down 20 percent rates came down and uh, fundamentally killed the industry which by most standards was probably over leveraged in in 2008
0: and that's changed now though, right? I mean, performance for hotels has improved drastically, hasn't
4: it? Uh, perform- yeah, you're right. Performance has definitely improved. It, people won't realize the breadth of the recovery in the hotel space. We sold more rooms last year in the United States than we've ever sold in the history of, of keeping track of the hotel sales. And clearly occupancies come up. And with the increased demand, of course, rates comes up. And those are the really the fundamental drivers of, of the industry.
0: But Alan, you're still seeing some distress. There's still distress in the marketplace Um, and when lenders are involved in a workout uh, distressed hotel or gaming uh, property, what are some of the largest challenges these lenders have related to hotel related properties uh, compared to other commercial real estate? In
4: the hotel space, uh, these are operating businesses. I think, you know, lenders... Don't always realize that we tend to be one of the five major food groups. We, you know, retail, office, residential, and industrial, and hotels are lumped in there. But we are truly operating businesses. We have to deal with employees. We have to deal with liquor license issues. We have to deal with um, franchisors and and changing consumer preferences. So it's very difficult to get your arms around an operating business, and for many of the lenders that don't have that that in-house expertise, it becomes even more difficult and, and worrisome and
0: and scary, quite frankly for them. Yeah, I mean, they thought they did a real estate loan and now they've got a business to contend
4: right they, they thought they did a real estate loan, you know Marriott's walking away from the license, the employees have not gotten paid in three weeks. Uh, you, you have a lot of those type of issues
0: and you mentioned you guys are dealing with the gaming industry uh, what 's happening with casinos and, and the gaming industry how is that business performing today and is, is there still some distress uh, in that area
4: well M- Mike i 'm sure everybody feels like you know casinos can 't lose money uh, but I think they 'd be surprised to learn that not all casinos are wildly profitable um, we 've gone through a proliferation of gaming new casino construction around the country i think every every municipality feels that that's the solution to their tax problems so when you just you go across the country you go from east to west pennsylvania is now the second largest gaming destination in the country just behind nevada it's eclipsed new jersey in terms of gaming revenues there's i think there's casinos in like 11 different locations in in pennsylvania ohio has casinos there's one right down in downtown in cleveland obviously detroit has tried that uh, for years now not really proved to be terribly successful. Uh, and then you continue along the West Coast. You have Native American casinos popping up all over the place in all kinds of new jurisdictions. Um, so gaming has really, the pie has increased, but everybody's
0: share is slowly decreasing. That's interesting. So you are still seeing some distress then in the gaming world.
4: Yeah, gaming clearly is a lot of distress, and there's some big casino projects planned in Massachusetts, uh, Maryland, Florida, and those will have put pressure on some of the small local regional uh, gaming, particularly Native American.
0: Okay, and if we have uh, a listener tuning in today that is has a problem with a hotel property, they're upside down, they're having trouble making their payments, uh, what are some tips you would give them to uh, work with their lender? Uh,
4: yeah. I think you need to be reasonable, professional, and honest. Um, I, I feel that most lenders are relatively sophisticated and they really don't like people kind of hide stuff from them. Uh, they will be more likely to work with you as a, as a quote, partner if, you, if you're honest with them and you kind of lay your cards out on the table. I can't tell you how many times I've worked with lenders and people don't trust the borrower, the lender doesn't trust the borrower, and they just, then it becomes personal and they want to go after the guy and they want to kill him and they want to, they want to they make it personal, and that's not really a good way to do it. I, I really feel like being professional, institutional, quality responses, um, cooperative is the best way to get a response from, from the lender.
0: All right, that's good advice. Alan Tantliff, FTI Consulting, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Michael. Appreciate it. Be sure to tune in next week. Our show topic is Associations That Matter. We'll talk with the national presidents of leading commercial real estate associations. Well, stay with us. More on special assets and loan workouts from the IMN conference headed your way. This is the Commercial Real Estate Show. We'll be right back. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you in part by your friends at Bull Realty. When your business requires proven performance, visit bullrealty.com or call 800-408-BULL. Welcome back. I'm Michael Bull, and this is the Commercial Real Estate Show. Now more from the IMN Conference. Michael Bull here at the IMN Conference in Atlanta on Bank and Financial Institu- Institution Special Asset and Workouts. And I'm here with Grant Rogers with Talmage. he is the COO of Talmage, And uh, Grant, uh, we're talking about workouts today, we're talking about special assets. Tell us a little bit about Talmadge and uh, what you do there.
5: Alright, well Talmadge is a private equity firm, we've got $2 billion under management. And uh, we're involved in commercial real estate debt, all, all types of debt, whether it's CMBS, whole loans, B notes, mezzanine, or bank debt.
0: Okay, and let's talk about CMBS loans and uh, uh, maturing default there. How much default do you see coming down the pike, and how much of it is they're defaulting on the payments, and how much of it is the loans just maturing?
5: Most of the deals are maturity defaults. When you look at what interest rates are today, a lot of these loans are floaters, so they're based on LIBOR. And LIBOR at 25 basis points has, frankly, kept a lot of these deals alive. So most of these deals will perform until maturity. And then because they're 07 vintage deals, they're underwater. They're way over levered, and the borrower comes to maturity, and they can't repay us.
0: Right, in that uh, bankruptcy risk is is always there throughout that process, isn't it? Well, let us know about what's different today, say, in, in a CMBS loan workout than say three years ago.
5: Okay. Well, three years ago, there 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 wasn't much of a financing market, so um, when a loan would hit maturity, as a lender or as the special servicer in this case, I would look at the. the the, the various options that I had before me. We just talked about note sales. A note sale, I probably wouldn't get close to par. Um, Foreclosing on the asset, I might have a fight with a borrower. I might again not get close to par because frankly, the values of properties were were quite discounted at the time. So my best value may be to work with a borrower, give them more time and extend the loan and, and hope that things improve. And, in fact, that's what we've seen in the last three years. So deals that we extended back in 9 or 10 are coming up for maturity now. And, in fact, the borrowers are finding that there is a financing market and we're getting repaid at par. And, you know, it's it's a happy ending for everyone. Okay.
0: Everybody. So you have a much better market situation now. So you're, you're seeing more properties pay off at par?
5: Yes. Yes, absolutely.
0: Okay. And then when you're selling notes, uh, are you able to to avoid discounting them as well if you go that
5: route? Yeah, quite often. uh, As a special servicer, uh, my duty is to the the mortgage loan taken as a whole, and quite often these days that, that mortgage is in the money, and it may be that there's a mezzanine loan that is out of the money, and that's what's stopping the borrower from repaying. As a special servicer, I can sell my note at par to a group that opportunistically wants to come in and take over the property. So quite often we will get par on these notes. Okay. And that of course is a much faster way of resolving things, hence a higher NPV. For
0: yeah, and a big difference from three years ago, right? Absolutely. Well, if you can, give us a, a tip for a CMBS borrower who uh, is in a maturity default, he's upside down. What are some uh, tips that uh, you could provide for him?
5: Assuming that he cannot get a loan for the proper amount, and there's still preferred equity that's going around. He can take on a partner and get some additional equity, and um, you know if he's a good borrower, quite often some lenders will give them more time just based on that. But you know, as I said before, um, there's a lot of money out there. People want assets, and as a special servicer, usually you need to resolve it. So. What about discounted
0: kind of payoff? Do you do you see that as an, an option special servicers uh, have taken or are still taken possibly in today's market?
5: Yeah, absolutely. I mean, again, uh, the special servicers just trying to figure out what's the highest value for the mortgage loan. And quite often, just getting rid of this thing at a discount is, in fact, the highest value.
0: Right. Okay. Grant Rogers with Talmadge. Thanks for joining us today. Absolutely. Happy to be here. Thanks to IMN for inviting the Commercial Real Estate Show to cover the event. And thanks to you for joining us today. I'm Michael Bull. Until next week, be sure that you always lead, learn, and laugh and join us for the Commercial Real Estate Show. The Commercial Real Estate Show is brought to you by professionals at Bull Realty, Cone Resnick, France Media. Atlanta Office Liquidators, and Weissman, Nowak, Curry, and Wilco. For more information about these companies or to access additional show podcasts or videos, visit CommercialRealEstateShow.com.